Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program is brought to you today by Menard's Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, right there on Route 2 in Moortown and online at growcompost.com. Brought to you by the Willie's Store in Greensboro. If they don't have it, uh, you probably don't need it. Guy's Farm and Yard with four stores to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florence Greenhouse and Perennial Farm right there in Colchester. Check them online, Clausen's.com, for wonderful Monday coupons. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned on Route 15 in Walkett. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway. Also, these flowers and garden shops serving all your needs on Main Street in Waitsfield. In the Garden with Peter Burke, we await your telephone calls. What successes have you had in the garden? Oh, what problems are you having? Peter will try to solve them. You can call any time in the next hour at the local 802 number, 244-1777, or toll-free, 877-291-8255. And here he is, the author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, yes. You know, I have to say that uh, you and Lee sounded a little tired this morning. <laughs> We've been, we've been jumping through hoops, but I tell you, you know, we've got such good underwriters and they have such great sales, we just have to tell the world. That's right. Well, I hope you're not too tired out anyway after today. Um, yes, welcome, and uh, you're well. Um, I enjoy your calls and questions. Uh, love to hear something new you're doing in the garden. Uh, any problems that you want to... Uh, see if we can't uh, talk over uh, 244-1777 and 1-877-291-TALK that's 8255 and uh, for all of you who who are planning on buying sets this spring uh, the Kate Farms seedling sale is coming up and uh, I go there regularly and uh, it's new this year that they're going to be open Saturday and Sunday usually it was just Sundays and of course uh, that's this weekend today May 18th and tomorrow on the 19th the next week and uh, I'd say one week after that all the way uh, to June 1st and 2nd and they're open from 8 to 2 a great place to go wonderful place to see all the varieties and and uh, it says here that they've farmed since uh, 1793, but I don't think Richard and Sally were there in 1793, but it's a beautiful farm, and it's well worth going there, and you get some great sets. Um, I heard that they're going to have CBD hemp plants, and I sure hope they can tell you how to grow them, because hemp is new to me. Um, so that's uh, Kate Farm. Central Vermont, located in East Montpelier between Route 2 and Route 14 on Coburn Road. And you just watch for the signs. And if you have any questions and you want to check out the website, it's katefarm.com. Okay, Joel, 
Uh, what's going on today is, well, actually tomorrow I'm doing a square foot garden class over uh -huh. at uh, the um, uh, city market. And we're going to actually set up a box and, and start a garden within an hour's time. So uh, I'm kind of excited about that. That'll be fun. And it's uh, going to be in the kids section outside of the, the one in South Burlington, City mm -hmm. Markham. So it sort of uh, takes me back to the garden basics, you know. The, the, we're going to do all of those things there. We're going to put up a permanent bed. We're going to have uh, permanent pathways. We're going to put in perfect soil. We're going to plant on a grid. I'm going to put up a trellis, and we're going to plant some, oh, something that goes on a trellis, like maybe cucumbers, I think. So that should be fun. And um, uh, that's tomorrow at 11. If anybody's interested, just uh, log on to their website. Uh, so uh, as I showed you this morning, the rhubarb is up and going great. We're planning on having asparagus tonight. Um, our uh, walking onions uh, are, are growing well and ready to harvest. And uh, let me roll back for a second there. Um, that's something new in my garden, walking onions. And I don't know if you've ever tried them or not, but uh, some people call them potato onions or uh, Egyptian onions or whatever. But this is something I tried. Actually, a, a, uh, one of my garden buddies out in Ohio, Geneva, Ohio, uh, Jr. and he uh, he sent me um, he sent me some uh, some starts of the Egyptian onions, walking walking onions, whichever way we'll call them, and uh, they are really cool. I have to say that they are the first thing up in the spring, along with you know uh, the garlic and the f the first sign of spinach fall planted spinach and so they make a great salad addition cuz they're just like scallions and lots of flavor and they come up all on their own they're like a perennial so if you oh okay let's let's take a call already and this is mona from north ferrisburg mona welcome well, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. You know, I, I grew up in Illinois. Yeah. And my father was a consummate mushroom hunter. Ah. And every spring, I promise you, I'm telling you the truth, we used to get brown bag, grocery bag full of morel. Oh, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? And, and I, I, since we've lived up in Vermont for about, oh, 10, 11 years, I have found five. All oh. I can find is ticks every time I go out. <laughs> so, They're in abundance, that's sure. Well, you know, uh, so are you asking me if there are morals? Well, I know there are, yeah. but I and I don't know. Um, I'm sure if you knew where they were, you wouldn't tell me. Nobody tells you. <laughs> oh, but, you know, actually... Um, I have seen a, a lot, and this is something you want to check for. Uh, well, even at City Market, they have uh, mushroom, mushrooming classes. And, uh, you know, they will help you and show you some of the stuff. But um, you also can grow mushrooms in your garden. Well, I'm, I'm specifically, I did, I did have a shiitake log. Yeah. Uh, but I'm interested mostly in morels. Yeah. I know that right now is the season and every yeah. time i'm near the woods i look and look and look yeah uh but are is there i know um i you hear so many different things i know they grow on around dead elm trees and somebody mm -hmm. said dead apple trees yeah um any suggestions 
oh, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not a wild crafter, so I, my suggestions are to to try to take a class and connect with somebody who's who's out there doing it. Um, okay. I've been amazed at how many people are more than willing to to uh, to do wild crafting uh, workshops. And uh, you know, you know I'll, I'll Google that. I bet yeah. that uh, I can find that information. I, out. I'm sure you can. Also, uh, the Seven Days or the Free Press or you know any one of those uh, in there, uh, they they have a lot of classes uh, listed in in the the papers as well. But yeah, you you definitely Google that, and uh, again, City Market, you could check with them. And where yeah. else are they doing classes? Uh, um, that's all I can think of right this second. But um, uh, tell me about your shiitake logs. Well, you know what? I I, I had one I purchased from a gentleman, mm -hmm. and it produced well for yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah. And then it didn't produce anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, did did you shock them? Did you shock your logs? Uh, Do you no. know what I'm talking about? I, I think so. Okay. Describe it to me. Uh, well, you, you have to soak them in cold water. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yes. all right, yeah. I, I did do that. Yeah. And the first year I got lots, second year yeah. I got some, yeah. and then the third year I didn't get any. Yeah. So I know I'm doing something wrong. No, you're not. Yeah, it's, it's some, Some's going to last uh, five years and some going to last two years. You're not doing anything wrong. Okay. But what you can do is try to soak them a little bit longer than, you know, and then set them up. Um, and, uh, you know, you may get some more out of them. If not, just, you know, keep going. The, none of those logs are going to last forever. Five years right. is, is the outside. So on average, they last two and a half years. You know, there, there's, well, no, there's no... Well, if any of your listeners uh, know where I can purchase one, I'm sh um, I, was, I would be happy if they would call in, and yeah. maybe I'll just try getting another one because I don't yeah, have any Sure, now. sure. So. Yeah, that's, uh, I've seen them actually at the Hunger Mountain Co-op. They have, sometimes they have, uh, uh, they're fairly small logs, but, um, yeah, you usually want one about 30 inches long and, you know, four to six right. inches around. And, um, okay. It's not, it's it, surprisingly, it's not that hard to do your own logs, but it does no. require an investment equipment and, and all, you know, the drills and all that other stuff. So, right, yeah, if right. you can get them already, uh, and it's interesting. Have you seen them do it? Have you seen them make the... No, I, the holes? No, yeah. I know that I guess they drill holes in and there you they, go. Uh, yep. they spread the spores in. Yeah, with, with, um, a, with a flat bit, uh, flat bit uh, drill. And uh, it's uh -huh. usually, um, you know, fairly small, like half to seven, eight, somewhere in that range. It sort of depends on what you're doing. And there's actually a, uh, you can buy your spawn in a, in a couple of different forms. Either it looks like a sawdust, and there's a little hammer that, that takes the sawdust, and you sort of tap it in and make it real tight, and then you wax over it. And, uh -huh. and the other way is that they come in like, uh, they look like little dowels, little wooden dowels that you hammer uh -huh. in, but you always wax over the top of them. And the logs that you're putting them on are, are newly cut. They aren't older logs because they, they need to have, a, you know, a, a f the fresh the cellulose to, to feed on. And, uh, well, you said you didn't know a lot about um, foraging, but you seem to know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than me. <laughs> this is the one thing I have done. Matter of fact, uh, we went and uh, what's his name? Uh, oh boy, uh, uh, Chelsea Green has a great book on mushrooming, 
And uh, Chad Cotter was his name. And we were in uh, Seven Springs, uh, Pennsylvania, for a Mother Earth convention. And he did a, a class there. And he went out in the woods with that whole class. There must have been 50 people. My wife did it with him. And they must have found, just up there in the woods, uh, there was at least 20, maybe 25 different varieties of mushrooms that they found on that day. Wow. He is one, an expert. Of course, he grows them commercially as well. And he's one of those, uh, you know, mushroom nuts. I mean, he absolutely uh, um, is just uh, crazy about mushrooms. So, anyway. Well, we, uh, have found, we have found oyster mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we just can't find um, morels. Uh, I'm sure with a little help you'll find them because I know people talk about them all the time. And uh, one of my uh, Facebook uh, friends uh, uh, always shows me all those. You know, it's showing off a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> you'll well, find somebody you, to help you. Get some if help, any, though. If any of your readers um, have yeah. mushrooms, wild mushrooms, that they, I can find them at the city market, but quite honestly, <laughs> they're never very good. That if doesn't count. If they have any, I will, uh, for sale, oh, for yeah. food, I will bake them um, a delicious pie. Oh, man. Pie <laughs> There's a, Mona, thanks so much for calling, and Thank it was you. great to talk to you. Um, let, let me pipe in for a second. My One of my music buddies, uh, Robert Resnick, is a great mushroom guy. He knows everything. He's always off in the woods, and he always comes back with something great. You might yeah. want to Google him, and uh, I'm sure you'll find a... Uh, a way of okay. getting in touch with him. Robert Resnick, the, the Resnick. musician. R-E-S-N-I-K. Oh, yep. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye -bye. Uh, I, I, uh, go ahead. You got Ted from... Uh, we sure do. Shelburne. Ted yep. from Shelburne. Welcome. Sort of uh, on the party line of the old telephone system. <laughs> uh, you bet. Because I live sort of up the road, and Shelburne Farms which you could do .org, has some, I've noticed that they have several walks of natural things. I didn't see mushroom. Uh -huh. uh, Robert Resnick, whose day job, one of his day jobs is at the uh, library in Burlington. Uh -huh. uh, he's retired from that, believe oh, it or has. not, after Thank all 30-some-odd years. Oh, so I, more oh, time to go into the woods and, and, and play his mandolin and look for okay, mushrooms. Okay, I hadn't heard that, but I'll update myself <laughs> a little bit. Um, the other is at the Shelburne Farmer's Market, which will one of these Saturdays be getting its system. There's at least one interesting grower of I think he does portobellas sort of commercially but oh, yeah. there, there would be people to talk to at maybe the Virgin's market or just kind of prowl around and see what you see in terms of, of mushroom lore. I have found a few morels but I, mm -hmm. I know no system yeah. and I, my geography has changed <laughs> from Charlotte. Just, just take, make sure you take your compass and your GPS into the woods with you. That's well, I mean, I just don't have the woods <laughs> I used to have to walk out the door to. Well, now that you mention it, I know that uh, at Montpelier Farmer's Market has had, and I don't know if they have him this year or not, uh, a fellow who did wild crafting and, and offered a remarkable number of wonderful mushrooms. Yeah, and this one grower I'm talking about, he, he makes pottery as well, and mm -hmm. he's been on yep. sort of the north side row <laughs> in the past few years of the uh, the Shelburne Farmer's Market. Oh, good. So good, I just good suggestion. that good. into the overheard conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> good. Have Thank you, you ever, tried, uh, ever tried growing mushrooms? 
No. No, no. No, not not as a yeah. as as the woman in Moncton is thinking about. Okay, great. Good well, luck to y'all. Uh, Thank Ted, you. Ted, thanks for the call, and and I appreciate your you bringing that up because I had forgotten about it. And Joel, take a take a rest this afternoon. <laughs> does does he sound tired? <laughs> it's always good to hear you. Thanks. Bye. I want to just have another cup of coffee here. <laughs> oh, that's my trick. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank, thank you, Joel. Well, yeah. I, I heard you talking about planting in tires. Old tires. Oh, me. Yeah, yes. yeah. During the week, you were you were you were right. talking about the garden show. You That's were saying, oh, I wonder if people plant tires or well, they certainly they certainly did it by old neighborhood. It yeah. was it was really wonderful because in the Bronx there weren't there wasn't too much uh, you know back lawn and probably none and yeah. a little bit of front lawn and a mm -hmm. couple of the wonderful Italian American families they put this tire, <laughs> couple of tires out front. <laughs> Put uh, good soil in the in the tires and yeah. grew the and grew like a five foot uh, plum tomato plant. Yeah, you know? amazing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, amazing. that heat the it absorbs that heat yep. from. But you probably have to water the dickens out oh, of them absolutely. to right. to to make sure they don't dry out. One lady did it heat. from the second floor. She, <laughs> 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 she had a tube and a side. I just made sure I wasn't bicycling past <laughs> at the wrong time. Oh, that's hilarious! I love that. But uh, the guard. <laughs> Mushrooms. I keep thinking of a Charles Adams joke. Everybody knows the Adams family. But yeah, yeah. In, the, in a in a whole slew of magazines, the, the New Yorker, yeah. there would always be a Charles Adams uh, cartoon. And one of them was in a supermarket where there were trays of vegetables, <laughs> and there was a big, big tray of of mushrooms. And uh, it said it said mushrooms a dollar a pound. Uh -huh. And next to it was an identical tray with looked exactly like the same tray of mushrooms but instead of the sign that said mushrooms it had a big question mark and then five cents a pound but <laughs> 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 uh, just what, what my dad explained it to me when i was a kid he said that means you you know you, you have to know what you're doing when you're picking mushrooms yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right, right. <laughs> yes we've all heard well i my my wife very kindly my wife deb got me a, a book on mushrooms mm -hmm. and and it was like the very first mushroom that I saw out in the woods, right? And I came back to identify, you know, it was called Angel of Death. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> paralyze you right to your eyelids. Yeah, it says that if you get some under your fingernail and happen to put it in your mouth, it, it you know, I was like, oh, my God. Okay, all right, all right. I, I really need to learn this. <laughs> yep. I'm looking forward someday to... to doing that because I, I just haven't yet but I mm -hmm. have to connect with my friend Robert and mm -hmm. uh, and he's offered many times to take me through the woods to, to look at things that uh, well, are forageable I, I've noticed in the Mother Earth News and a couple of the catalogs and certainly the, the mushroom catalogs that come to the door um, they have, you know, kits for people who want to grow yeah. oyster mushrooms or, you know, in, in their garden. And actually, you could take a bed pretty easily and just you, fill it with a, a bark, you know, and uh, make the bed right. And if you needed to shave, shade it a little bit, you could shade it with a hoop house. And there's no reason you couldn't really grow your own mushrooms. I mean, look at you with, mm -hmm. your, with your ferns, with your fiddle. What a surprise, you know. <laughs> I just put that one of them out there just to see when that one starts to come up it was tell it will signal me to go into the woods yeah. and i must have 30 by 40 feet of fern well, forest you know i have to say that my wife has fern envy though he's like oh my god we have to do that
that. That's, a, that's such a great idea that Joel had. <laughs> well, other things don't work so well. My, my wife pointed out that hey, the hey. best onions I've ever grown yeah. are, are, or at least the, the most, uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the best or the quickest growing uh, onions I've ever grown were in the bag that I forgot, <laughs> which was underneath the sink. Everything outside was scorching and burning, and under the sink it was like a, a, it was, uh, you know, like a, a rainforest. You, you see, know? you would be a good candidate for those walking onions. Yeah. I, I'll bring you some next week. I'm, I'm curious about okay. those. All right, I'll bring you some because they're coming up all over yeah. the place. But anyway, the, it's called the walking onion mm -hmm. because at the top of the stalk, as it matures, it has this little uh, set of, um, of little onion bulbs. Uh -huh. Okay, it's sort of like a garlic and escapes, you know. Yep. But these are a little bit larger, and it's so heavy that it falls over. And so then the, those little bulblets will root. So th that's why they call it a walking onion, is it sort of, it will walk, you know, a step at a time. I see. Yeah. And, and plant itself. So... You plant them in the in the fall, or you can plant them now. Actually, uh, you, they're just so easy to take care of, and they'll right now they're up and they're just the perfect size for scallions. <laughs> even before the you know you actually start planting any any onions or anything, and um, and they, so you just pull off uh, one of these stalks. And uh, sometimes if they go too long, so, you know, they get a little woody at the bottom, and that's when they start to bulb up and stuff. But, you know, by the this first blush of spring, you know, they're wonderful scallions. And uh, sometimes they're called uh, uh, Egyptian onions. Uh -huh. uh, they're also called multipliers. They're sort of like shallots in that way, is that they, they grow in a little cluster. And um, uh, they're... They're just uh, a gardener's friend. We were talking about mushrooms quite a bit, um, which was not really the where I was thinking we were going to go, but we got off track, and that was a good track to get off on. Um, if you're uh, if you're interested, uh, boy, there's there's great things you can grow. We've been growing uh, the shiitake mushrooms. My wife is the mushroom expert, and. Uh, uh, she got, uh, uh, one of my neighbors grows them uh, commercially, and we got a bunch of logs from them. So uh, I actually started out wanting to talk about potatoes. Um, this is the time of year you want to plant your potatoes, at least to start the first planting. You can do a couple plantings, and keep in mind you can do more than one planting. Um, uh, but typically three weeks before the last frost, and, uh, well, I guess I'm going to put a footnote right there because we got Nola from Ripton. Nola, welcome. So good to hear from you. You want to get off the subject of fungus and mushrooms. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. So just two little things. One, I learned this many years ago from someone who I could only call a mentor. Yep. And he told me, told many of us, the old saying, there are old mycologists and there are bold mycologists. But there are no old, bold mycologists. So to all of those like me and others who are fascinated by mushrooms, mm -hmm. don't just do it. 
that was my suggestion, uh, you know, to uh, Mona when it was, you know, yeah. find find somebody, you know, don't go don't go by yourself into the woods. Yeah, to... and someone who's helped us immensely enjoy mm-hmm. the fungi in the woods, not so much for eating, but just mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. hey, wow, you're cool. There's an amazing book. It's paperback. It's called Fascinating Fungi of New England, mm. and the author's name is Lawrence Millman, M-I-L-M-A-N. Just great book to you know stick in your backpack go out in the woods and oh wow that's what that is (laughs) because it's nice to learn their names so um i say that i won't burden you with another robert frost i'll save that for next weekend okay great well we look forward to that nola and it's not a burden thank you very much well tell us okay about potatoes growing in soil that is absolutely positively mud Right now, mm. and whether or not it's wise to mm. slice those pieces of potatoes and say, "Grow mm. now," mm. because soft loam is a long way away. So. Well, Nola, why, why, Nola, why is uh, why is soft loam a f- long way away? Um, well, up here in Ripton, we're still wet from the okay. melting snow and wet from the ongoing. Drips of water coming out of the sky. Okay, so you you know my garden basics, right? You probably heard me say it a hundred times. The first garden basic is a permanent bed, and and then the second garden basic is uh, the permanent pathway, and the third garden basic is perfect soil. And the reason that you do that is exactly what you're talking about, is that most soil, and I don't care if it's up there or down in my backyard or in, um, you know, Tennessee, there's no such thing as as good garden soil, with the exception of Iowa and and their four feet of of, uh, black soil. But but, you know, creating good soil uh, can be something you start today, and that's why, you know, we do the we do the bed, the raised box, right? Now mm-hmm. it used to be I actually double dug. I went down two feet and backfilled with good stuff, right? Well, I found out that that's not really necessary. That over time, if you start out with that perfect soil on the top six inches, and that's all you need is six inches, um, you can you can start right away with really good soil. So. If you can't do that, then you want to get yourself a four cubic foot uh, bag of vermiculite and dig that into your soil uh, in the row or the bed where you're going to plant those potatoes. makes a big difference. If you plant in that wet clay soil, you're going to have problems for the most part. You know, with uh, with rot. Um, some of the things you can do if if you want to with those potatoes, um, when you slice them, you let them dry out. You know, for a day or two. If uh, if you're if you know you're planting in wet soil, you can use what they call a, it's an agricultural sulfur to dust them, which will help prevent uh, funguses on the, and molds and bacteria uh, on that fresh cut. Does Nova have an issue with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I can't say it's it's organic. Well, actually, I'm, that I'm not sure of. I would have to okay, double check to see if yeah. it's OMRI. Um, oh, that's great. But that uh, that would help there, and that but that's why I kind of prefer the the perfect soil. You know, go for mm-hmm. that, go for mm-hmm. that lightening up the soil a little bit, and then the. Uh, 
the other thing that that you can do, of course, is to um, make sure you you mulch them mulch yes. them real well. Yes. You know, with uh, straw, not not with hay. Don't okay. use the hay because you'll have nothing but weeds. But with straw. But with straw, at least up here, you also provide a wonderful environment for small rodents to live. And that's why we stopped using it. Yeah. No, Look you're... at all the little moles and voles and mice yeah, living in the potato yeah. patch. Yeah, I don't, we have to work with them. I don't yeah. want to work against them. Yeah. But yeah. You're, you're right there mm-hmm. if yeah. it's a perfect place. Well, I, you know, I, that's what I'm saying is you try to focus on that perfect soil because mm-hmm. actually within, a, you know, today, this year, you can actually make that into nearly perfect soil with just a couple of additives mm-hmm. that, will, that will help that, uh, that heavy clay soil. Now, uh, my soil uh, on, the, on the, my upper terrace is uh, gray clay, and you literally can bounce on it. It actually, you know, has a spring to it. It's that bad. No, we don't have clay up here in Ripton. Mm-hmm. We have soil and rock up here. Mm-hmm. But what we also have, because we are high up, is the water from the mountain mm-hmm. that yeah. quite literally drains off through our property every spring. We have got a ephemeral stream that comes through here, and we still haven't gotten rid of that. So yeah. the hope is that as time goes by, things will up and we can follow your perfect soil program yeah to a t yeah well um you know my my lower garden you know the uh the the lower east side is, <laughs> but not in manhattan no is uh Actually, we're at the bottom of a hill, and the same mm-hmm. thing. We we have one spot that just uh, you know have six inches of water sitting in it. Mm-hmm. But even the beds next to that, you know, I have the the two foot of, of uh, permanent pathway, and then the the um, the permanent bed, and uh, those beds I can plant any time and right. not have water. So, thank you for the inspiration. Okay, kiddo. Thanks um, for the we'll call. We'll be back with Ross next weekend. Okay, great. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Going to try to pick back up on the potatoes if uh, we can keep to a theme. But, you know, uh, your calls are welcome. And if you have any questions, um, uh, give us a call. And um, we have, uh, oh, let's see here. Just a reminder to uh, all you gardeners that the Kate Farms seedling sale is coming up. And uh, that's today and tomorrow, as well as uh, the 25th and 26th, the Memorial Day weekend. And they're going to go one weekend more, June 1st and 2nd. And that's from 8 o'clock in the morning to 2 in the afternoon. Um, they got a huge selection of organic vegetables, herbs, flowers, and uh, starts for the garden. And um, I've been there many times myself. And this year, they have CBD hemp plants. And I, I hope they can tell me how to grow them because I'm, I am kind of curious. I kind of thought that they were huge plants, but I don't know. Let's see if they just plant them like, like tomatoes or what. And uh, so that's um, this Saturday and next Saturday and the one after. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's actually Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, both days this year. So they really expanded. East Montpelier between Route 2 and Route 14 on Coburn Road. And there are signs at both, uh, uh, on both uh, roads, Route 2 and Route 14. Uh, so that will get you started right. Um, 
because we're lucky here in Vermont to have so many remarkably talented organic farmers who all, who do grow those uh, seeds uh, to for sets and stuff. I, I almost always buy mine. I, you know, I know some people are sort of surprised by that, that, you know, I should be growing my own starts. But honestly, um, to grow your own sets is, is quite a commitment in terms of light and space in your house and, and uh, sort of uh, constant nurturing and watching out because to grow them like the, they do, um, that, that's definitely a full-time job. And they, you know... They do a great job. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, I mean, I, for anything that uh, comes from like a sunflower seed or uh, because I have my bird feeders. If people have bird feeders out there, <laughs> they, the crows will come and they'll just pluck out the baby sunflowers even after they've yeah. sprouted, yeah. you know, yeah. to get what, what's left of the seed. So, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, starts like uh, the uh, Kate Farm makes available and, of course, a number of our other underwriters, yeah. yep. uh, I'd have I've nothing growing it. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, both, both the Agways that I've been to and the Blue Seal, all of them have uh, wonderful starts as well as the seeds. You know, the, uh, I've noticed that uh, almost all of them are, are selling the high mowing seeds, you know, yep. which is right in our, our very own backyard, which is kind of neat. Yeah, and I, with regard to the high mowing seeds, they're the ones that have the wonderful radish, the mixed radish collection. Mm -hmm. We've had a number of people calling saying they weren't able to grow radish. Mm -hmm. I can just about guarantee uh, that if you use this mixed uh, blend of, uh, of seeds that they have, you'll get at least some radish, even if radishes, even if you're not uh, uh, in a place where it's conducive to grow them. But I, I get a great crop of radishes, yeah. including ones that I yeah. feel I haven't tried before, or maybe I forgot if I, but I, always some new discoveries and really new good discoveries. I think that was a good idea they came upon. <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was talking to Andrew Nimothy, a friend, and he grows radishes indoors and he has a way to do it which uh, I didn't find out about yet, but I will report to you. Uh -huh. Excellent. So that he has them, uh, you know, before this evening even starts. So that's uh, stay tuned. We're, we're going to get the dope on how to grow yeah, radishes. Well, you, you indoor gardeners are a very, are a very <laughs> tricky bunch. You know, all kinds of secrets you have. In Vermont, you have to be a tricky gardener. I mean, you know. There's all kinds of stuff. That it's either too hot or too cold, too wet or too dry, just like Neil Nola was saying. Oh, and th that brings up an interesting point to me. Um, uh, I don't know if I finished the last point, but let's let's keep going. <laughs> um, if if you do have problems with potatoes, right? Consider growing fingerlings. Fingerling potatoes are actually easier to grow than regular potatoes don't seem to be quite as um, susceptible to the potato bug although you do still have to watch for them and uh, where the uh, the Irish potato actually grows above the the original potato cutting or potato that plant seed um, they you know they grow from the seed up right the, the fingerlings tend to grow from the seed down they, they're out on the roots so you have to dig deeper and uh, I'll dig, uh, I usually dig down below, down to a good foot, you know. And uh, it's surprising when you're digging down there and you find this, you know, it's about a six inch fingerling, about an inch and a half round. It's huge as far as fingerlings are going, but they're, uh, they're a great uh, alternative, just regular old spuds. 
and uh, I found that for uh, my potato leek soup, it was the creamiest potato you could ever ever use. And so I, I like them quite a bit. And I've noticed uh, a lot of the restaurants around are offering uh, fingerlings in the, for a potato uh, a potato offering. And there's a couple in Montpelier that do them. They're sort of like deep fried. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we won't get into trouble that way. We're, we're <laughs> I just heard that the, the kitchen was closed. So <laughs> so anyway, uh, fingerlings are great. And you can get fingerlings in a couple of different varieties. There's a rose one. There's the, the regular banana one, which is, you know, brown like a potato. Um, and they're a good alternative to, to spuds if, you're, if you tend to have problems. Uh, they're, they're easier to grow. And... So we, uh, that's just one thing to keep in mind when you're having your potatoes. Potatoes uh, it generally, and we got into this, uh, no, what, what was it, the week before last, because we skipped last week, uh, when somebody called about potatoes and scab. And uh, potatoes it, it have to be rotated like everything else. And you, when you're rotating them, you keep in mind that they're in the tomato family. So anything that you rotate out with uh, 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 tomatoes, so that's, you know, your potatoes, your eggplant, uh, tomatoes, um, even your tomatillas and uh, peppers and all of those things have, are like in one group. You want to rotate them. So don't plant your potatoes where you planted your tomatoes last year. You want to rotate them to a, a, a different category. And uh, rotation is sort of like the, the uh, you know, um, the farmer's uh, cheap pesticide. It's one of the best ways to break a cycle. Um, planting the same thing in the soil year after year is an imitation for problems with bugs. So, you know, if you want to break that cycle, you just go ahead and, and plant different things. And even consider planting a... Um, a cover crop to rotate. So rotation is real important with potatoes and uh, those crops. So that's one. Uh, number number one, really, for growing potatoes, though, is buying certified seed. More or less certified uh, means that they are that there's no bacteria carried with them, and uh, that way you're so, you're assured that. Um, you're you're not going to be bringing you know bacteria into your soil with the the spuds with the seed potato. So uh, that's pretty much available at all all the places that that sell potatoes. Um, you know uh, for the garden. Uh, but so if you find that you're looking at your potatoes in the bin and you think, oh well, maybe I'll just go ahead and plant these. That's fine. But if you see any, you know, any sign of disease or if they're starting to not be as productive, then you need to go back and, and get some uh, certified seed potatoes. And uh, they like that slightly acid soil, which we, dis we figured out that was one of the reasons for scab. Um, uh, Ed, in his book, uh, The um, you know, Gardener's Bible there, uh, he mentions that instead of using manure, you want to use compost. If you have plenty of compost and you've got good soil, you really don't need to worry about pH too much. But it's still a good idea to double check because if you've got a pH that's over 6, um, there's a higher likelihood that you'll have uh, you know, different, uh, the problems with the scab. 
So it's just something to watch out for as you're planting them. Scab doesn't make the potato useless. It's not like late blight. <laughs> yeah, which I can get like that from uh, from tomatoes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, I've I've lost a crop of potatoes. Well, one of my beds. Now, I plant, you know, in my 4x4 four four bed, I plant uh, 16 potato, either pieces or, or whole small ones. Um, so when you're planting, you want to plant either uh, a whole potato, right, that's maybe inch and a half, two inches. You can just plant that one piece. And then you'll see that it has the eyes, the little dimples, and that's, that's where the, the plant grows out of. Uh, or you, if you have big potatoes, you're growing like a Kennebec or, you know, something like that. You want to slice them into a good thick slice, like inch and a half, maybe two inches. And you let those slices dry out before you actually plant them in the soil. But 16 of those slices will do, and one bed will be about mm, one and a half, two pounds. And what you can expect out of that four by four bed is anywhere between 25 to 28, maybe even 30 pounds if you got a real big potato. And uh, that's that's about um, that's a pretty pretty good harvest all in all. Uh, 25 uh, 25 pounds out of a four by four bed. Some people uh, want to know, well, you know, I, I like to grow 200 pounds for my family every year. Well, easy. You know, you do, you do four beds for 100 pounds, you do eight beds for 200 pounds if you want. But easy to prepare. Uh, you can get easily get them into the soil this time of year, no matter how wet the spring has been, which just seems like it's been a wet season, doesn't it? Seems like we, yeah, I still yeah. have I still have a puddle up back. Oh, do you? Yeah. Is the lake still high? I know oh, it was yes. 99, you know, yeah. going on 100 foot. Yeah. It, it's it is still noticeably higher. Yeah. 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 Well, on the drive over, I noticed the Wooniski is still just below the the banks, but you know, it's still running pretty high. Yeah. You see water in the intervale if you would drive oh. that. Uh, oh yeah. That belt line. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, but I've got, I always have this puddle. When that puddle dries up, I know I'm all set. But then again, I've got all my starters in the sunroom ready to go, anxious to go and be planted. I'll bet, yeah. You know, I ran out of four-inch um, peat pots yeah. and went to one place and they didn't have them. So uh -huh. I had to do some shopping anyway. So I, I've got to do, uh, uh, well, I have the same medium within the container, but I'm now growing in uh, red solo cups. Oh, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Squire would be very proud of me. I guess yeah. he would. So we have, uh, so I poked a hole in the bottom and uh, things are growing out of it. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have uh, um I have a, a few starts, three that I have under a light that sits in the in the kitchen table. So anyway, so compost, not manure. That was one of the things. Yeah. And then your yield, you can figure on about um, you know 25 pounds in a four by four bed. Uh, and that's if you let them grow to maturity. Now, when we were up in Prince Edward Island, which I've got to tell you, I've never seen so many potatoes. I thought Maine was potato city, but Boy, oh boy, up at PEI, it was just row after row after row. I mean, acres and acres of potatoes up there. So you go into the grocery store up there, and they had all these new potatoes. And I'm telling you, they were so good. So if, you, if you're growing your potatoes for new potatoes, one, you want to select a variety that, that uh, you know, is good for new potatoes. Usually they're, they're red or rosa 
potatoes, and uh, and then you're not going to get quite as you know you're not going to get a 25 pound harvest. You're just going to get uh, some wonderful new potatoes. Great, great. It's good sacrifice to make. That's for sure. So uh, this is the time to plant those potatoes. And uh, although I know in Ed's book he mentioned that if you wait uh, another couple of weeks or three weeks or even sometime in mid-June, you can plant a crop of potato uh, again uh, or your first crop and you kind of sidestep the problem with the potato beetle or Colorado potato bug or, you know. And that was interesting to uh, to figure out a way to sidestep the, the problems with the potatoes. But generally speaking, you want to plant those about four inches deep. Um, but you also want to be ready um, because, as I was saying, the, the Irish potatoes grow above the seed, right? The, you want to be able to hill them. And that means basically you're, you're just going to move a little dirt up to the stem of the uh, stem of the potato plant, and you're going to cover those potatoes that are getting up near the surface so that they don't turn, they don't green up. And uh, because that supposedly it makes them poisonous, but I, you know, it's it's only if you eat it raw. But and if you're cooking them, you'd cut off any green parts, but. The reason you're hilling them is that they grow above the seed potato and and they need to be covered with soil so they don't green up. So that's why you're going to you have to be prepared to go ahead and put a little soil and some people will use like a mulch like a um a straw mulch. And as Nolan pointed out, that is an invitation for moles and voles and mice and chipmunks and all the rest. And they do like potatoes. I can tell you from experience, I have dug up potatoes and found a couple of them half-eaten. So mm. uh, better if you can, if you can find the soil and your rows are wide enough uh, to go ahead and hoe them up. You, c you don't have to worry too much about disturbing the soil with a hoe. Um, you, you, because the the roots are fairly deep, and if you cut off those tops, you know roots, it's going to just uh, encourage the lower growth in the in the potato. So go ahead and hill them up with the soil in between, and cover them up. So we have um, well, that's a good start on potatoes. If anybody has any questions on spuds. I would love to hear it. Oh, actually, any good recipe on spuds, too. Okay, Joel. Well, I, I guess we're about to wrap up, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, if you have any questions about uh, grown potatoes, uh, save them for next week. We're going to be here. I would love to hear what your successes are. Um, also... Sort of one of my themes this year is what's new in the garden. Are you have you tried uh, fingerlings? Have you tried Jerusalem artichokes? Those are like potatoes. Some people say they're you, you like a perennial potato. Um, so that's you guys make the show, and it's great to hear from you. Um, of course, I can talk on a garden, but uh, you know I I. Really enjoy your questions and, and hear about your successes. New stuff in the garden. So we will see you next week at 1230 in the garden with Peter Brown. You bet.
Garden with Peter Burke is brought to you by Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, online at growcompost.com and conveniently located just down the road from us on Route 2 in Moortown. Also by the Willie Store in Greensboro. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, on Route 2 in Colchester. Clausen's.com, a great website, and always check Monday for money-saving coupons. By PNR Lumber, locally milled lumber, family-owned, located on Route 15 in Wolcott. By your locally-owned Montpelier Agway store. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. Be sure to join us next Saturday at 1230 in the garden. In my garden I